Welcome to First Things First, the weekly podcast where we talk about God, faith, and life in Shallow Water, Texas. Our podcast is a production of First Shallow Water, and you can find more information about our church by clicking on the link in the description of this episode. Thanks for joining us. Here's our pastor, Brad Miles. Well, we are, like every week, every week on our podcast, we are excited to welcome in uh, amazing, interesting guests who uh, who just get to share their the story of their faith in Christ and how they're growing in their faith in Christ. And today, I'm super excited to introduce my friend Dora Potter to you. Dora has been a longtime member of First Shallow Water. She has served in this church in a variety of different roles, and I'll get her to, to tell you about that a little later. Uh, she has uh, she's served in leadership in a variety of different places in our church and uh, just been a, a wonderful member of our church and our community for years and years and years. So, uh, Dora, thank you so much for joining me on this podcast. Well, thank you for asking me. You betcha. So tell tell everybody a little bit about Dora Potter. What, what do folks need to know? What's the essential Dora Potter? Well, when I was a first grader uh-huh. in Santa Rosa, New Mexico, yeah. I had lived on a ranch 40 miles out in the middle of nowhere (laughs) until the day I started school. Okay. And they put me in a first grade class with 40 children. Wow. Scared me to death. I bet it did. (laughs) Yeah. Never seen that many kids. (laughs) I had a lovely teacher, Mrs. Julia Thompson. Uh Uh, Her husband had been a doctor in Santa Rosa during the diphtheria epidemic, and a little girl passed away Uh under his care, and unfortunately, her father, grief-stricken, killed him, and so Mrs. Thompson remained in Santa Rosa and taught children of those families and loved them, Uh, such a lovely lady, but that's not her story, it's my story, (laughs) and I think she had about 40 children that year in one wow. classroom, if you can imagine. Yeah. And she was teaching us to write. Uh-huh. Well, everybody else had their hand, had their pencil in their right hand. Right. So I put mine in my right hand. Uh-huh. Needless to say, since I'm a lefty, <laughs> it was horrendous. Oh, <laughs> well, my mother discovered it and, of course, liked a mother would do. She went flying up there to correct Miss Thompson. Yeah, they got it straightened out. Long story short, when Mom started to go home, Miss Thompson said, "Miss Roy, if you'll just get the hayseed out of Dora's hair, she will be okay." <laughs> and so that has sort of stuck with me. So, uh, so you explain that, the hayseed out of your hair. Like, what, well, what's that a metaphor for? Okay, it was because I had lived in the country all um, my life. Right. I had very little to do. Oh, I had one or two little friends, but we we weren't together all the time like right. most children. Yeah. And so I was just like a duck out of water. Yeah. That many kids uh-huh. in a new environment. Just kind of left me stymied yeah, for a while, overwhelmed, probably, and uh, and that's where the hayseed 
Ms. Thompson was referring to my country life. Okay. <laughs> and so that has sort of stuck with me. Uh-huh. I'm the one with the hayseed in her hair, yeah. the hayseed kid, <laughs> uh, and which I've clung to. Yes. I loved that lifestyle. Right. Uh, we started out on a dairy mm-hmm. at Vaughn, New Mexico, and then we went to this ranch, Magnolia Ranch near Conscious Lake. Uh-huh. And uh, Mom began at that time, the best I remember, telling us Bible stories. And we lived in a great old big adobe house. And she would feed us supper and then send us to the living room. And as she came to the living room, she would pull the shades and set kerosene lamps Uh on the windowsill. And I questioned her one time as to why she did that. And she said, well, it just makes the light better. It reflects. Uh Well, later years, she said, this was at the end of World War II, about 1943, Uh something like that. And she said, we lived way out, and there were some German prisoners had escaped from a confinement in Fort Sumner. Wow. Well, it was logical for them to hunt places like ours that was isolated. And uh, Dad was gone. He was working for a highway department at the time. And she said, I felt like if I had the lamps in the shade, they couldn't see the shadows, and they wouldn't know where we were in the house. Right. In later years, she said, I know now they were just people like us. Sure. Looking for a way to go home. Right, yeah. And so that's the way my life began. Uh And Mom read Bible stories to us, and Mm -hmm. I think that was my first knowledge of God Mm -hmm. and of Jesus And then we started, moved into Santa Rosa for me to go to school for First Baptist Church Shallow Water. And I had a lady that was the charter pastor's widow and her daughter that worked with the children. Oh, okay. Tremendous ladies, Uh uh, very loving and very kind. Now, very firm and very strict in their lifestyle. Right. And uh, that probably was my greatest influence when I first came with those two ladies. Mm -hmm. And then uh, my primary teacher in Sunday school was Mrs. Nola Porter, Uh one of the kindest, gentlest people I have ever known. Uh And she's the one who taught me uh, until I was a junior, uh, simple little scripture verses. Right. And uh, John 3.16, she helped me learn John 3.16. Mm-hmm. And uh, Jesus wept, mm-hmm. uh, be ye kind, yeah. little phrases that I as a young person could remember. Right, right. Uh, then I became a member of GA's. Okay. And that opened the world of missions to me. Mm, yeah. And our church, like most Southern Baptist churches at that time, had schools of mission. Right. And we would have missionaries come talk 
real live missionaries. I just thought that was awesome. (laughs) And I loved hearing their stories. Right. And that gave me a heart for missions. Right. And I felt like as a child that God would use me Mm -hmm. as a missionary. Yeah. I'm getting a little ahead of myself. As a junior, I went to Inlow Youth Camp. Okay. Uh, near Albuquerque, and it was there that I made a profession of faith that I accepted Christ as my personal Savior. Yeah. Came back home, and it was about a year before I made the church aware, and I don't know why. Uh, it just happened yeah. that way. Yeah. And. Uh, then I was baptized in Park Lake. Okay. There in, uh, I have laughingly said, I not only was baptized, immersed, I was sprinkled because it rained on us <laughs> the morning I was baptized. <laughs> so the Lord took hold of me that's quite right. firmly. Yeah, that that's way. right. So you, that was at First Baptist Santa Rosa. Is yes. Right? Okay. Uh-huh. Which is where y'all were living. That's awesome. And uh, that's where I attended and worshiped until 1957 okay. when I graduated from high school. And I went to Eastern New Mexico University yes. the first year. Uh-huh. And there I learned about, and I'm trying to think what it was called, we went to Southwest Seminary. It was a missions conference. Oh, okay. And uh, I guess probably it was probably my second or third year uh-huh. at Eastern. I volunteered as a summer missionary. Oh wow! And was sent to Wyoming. Okay, couldn't have been a better place for right. a kid with hay in her hair. <laughs> <laughs> Met some fantastic people. Right. Uh, served in several little churches, uh-huh. and loved what I did. Mostly vacation Bible schools. Mm-hmm. Uh, And then from there, I came back home, and I don't remember, I was at the end of my junior year, I learned about Wayland University. Okay. And I wanted to go to Wayland. Yeah. And so mom made arrangements, and uh, I lived with a family and cared for their four children in the afternoons. I fixed breakfast for them before Uh I went to school and stayed there. And I joined uh, Seth Ward Baptist Church in in, uh, Plainview and became their youth director. Okay. That's where I first encountered youth work. Right. And I loved what I did. Sure. And my senior year, I was getting ready to go home. Uh Uh, I lacked... One course of German, wow! Having my degree, and it was taking me. I wasn't taking it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so I was going to have to go back yeah. at least for that. Uh-huh. Well, in the meantime, while I was packing, uh, the uh, I guess it was the president's secretary that called me and said, "You need to come to the office." We have a pastor who is looking for a youth director okay. and would like to talk with you. Yeah. And I said, well, 
I really am not interested because I'm going to home to take help care for my grandmother. Right. My grandmother was a tremendous influence in my life, and she had cancer. Yeah. And I was going to go home to spend that summer with her. And Maxine just insisted, you have got to come talk to this man. Right. So I did. Uh, I was impressed. He wanted a youth director and a secretary. Okay. And so that evening when Mother came to get me, we came to Shallow Water. That's okay. the first I'd heard of Shallow Water, Texas. Right. And uh, Brother Ed interviewed me and offered me the job. Yeah. A week later, I moved to Shallow Water and became secretary and youth director for First Baptist Church Shallow Water. Wow. Uh, little did I realize uh, how that move was going to affect the rest of my life. Right. I mean, you, that's, you've lived here ever since. Yes, wow. it, basically. Now, I did stay. I was here one year, mm -hmm. and Ed was called to First Southern Baptist Church, Pearl Harbor. Okay. And he and Doris invited me to go with them as his secretary. Uh -huh. So on September the 3rd, I boarded a plane and flew to Honolulu, Hawaii. Again, can you imagine a hazy kid yeah. <laughs> in Hawaii? I never dreamed. Uh, I'm always awestruck right. at how God just places me. Yeah. Uh, I didn't ask for that necessarily. It just was there. He just opened the door just, for me. Yeah, just led you to it. And uh, loved it. A tremendous love for military people. Our mm -hmm. church was 98% military. Right. And uh, we had missionaries around the world. Yeah. These people, wherever they were assigned, carried the story of Jesus with them. Mm. Tremendous people. Yeah. Uh, and to this day, I still correspond with some of these people. Wow. And now that's been 40-some-odd years ago. Yeah, that's wonderful. Uh, many of them have already gone home uh -huh. to be with the Lord, but I know they'll be there when I get there. That's right. Uh, I stayed there for two years. And then uh, Dr. Ewell Lawson, who was an evangelist with the Home Mission Board, held a revival at Pearl Harbor. And as he left, he said, they're moving us from Dallas to Atlanta. And uh, I'm going home to try to find a secretary. Right. And I said, well, why don't you just take me with you? Yeah. And I was joking yeah. because I was perfectly content. Right. And uh, he said, that's no joking matter. Right. If you want to go, Meet me in Dallas. Wow. After he left, Ed and I talked about it, and he said, I don't know what our situation here is going to be mm -hmm. because that was a church of transition. Oh, yeah. Every two years, we had a new membership, right. basically. Yeah. Well, the Lord opened the door, and I moved to Dallas, was there for two weeks, helped move the evangelism division to Atlanta. Dr. C.E. Autry was head of the department, yeah. and I became his secretary. Now, I worked for all of the evangelists, sure. but primarily Dr. Autry. 
Oh, what a Christian giant. Yeah. yeah. Uh, he was amazing. Uh-huh. And he would come in after a revival, and if it had not been a, a very successful one, if there had been problems, he'd walk to the door and he'd say, Dead as a wedge and colder than a dog's nose. <laughs> and we knew it had not been a good it week. It had gone very well. But if he came in and it had been, there had been souls saved and sure. it was a very positive, of course, he had a positive look on everything. Mm-hmm. Stayed with them for two years uh-huh. and came back to Wayland to finish my degree. Your one, one class of German. One class of German. <laughs> And uh, I was, uh, oh, a resident assistant in Mm -hmm. one of the dorms. Had a tremendous opportunity to work with freshman girls. Yeah. Some of it good, some of it bad. (laughs) That's my my experience, (laughs) too, working with college students. But it was, uh, I enjoyed it, and I learned a lot about working with young people Mm -hmm. and that you have to be patient yeah. You have to be kind. Right. And you have to realize uh, some of them don't have a real strong background. Right. And they've been sent to a Baptist college because mom and dad thinks I'll straighten them out. Right, right, right. And uh, so it was It was an interesting opportunity. We kind of like, uh, and I'm guilty of this, we, um, we expect for kids— to, we don't we don't remember that they're in process. You know, right. we see kind of ourselves. And we're like, oh, boy, I wish they could be more. You know, I wish they could be more like me. You know, or you know, more grown up, more mature, whatever, mm-hmm. whatever it is. And, and we, but we forget that you know it was years of work for us to get to the point that we're at. And and, That's and right. kids are on a journey. You know, they're and but sometimes we forget and we kind of hold them to an impossible standard. You know, right. So well, and that uh, I think. Being in a, a, a church college, mm-hmm. uh, some of them really resented it, but right. they were there because mom and dad said, "This is where you'll go." Oh, it's still that way, you know. And I, uh, I just was working at Wayland, you know, uh, right. a little over a year ago, and and there's still, you know, a, a, a portion of the population, probably larger portion now than then, but but you know they they they're they're kind of angry at the church, and they yes. they don't want. They don't like that part of the university, and they wish it wasn't there. And yeah, so we still deal with that for sure. Uh, and it was, I think, an eye opener for me because I loved the Lord and I loved right. what the Lord was allowing me to do. Yeah. Uh, sometimes I wasn't just real patient with them. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I had to learn. That's probably where the Lord taught me a lot about patience. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, because teenagers as a whole, you're going to have to have patience and love for them. That's the only way you're going to reach them. Right. And there are some things that you just have to hold on right. until the light dawns. And yeah. they they reach a point to where they need that foundation in their lives. Yeah. Uh, taught me a lot. Yeah. But, so let me ask you a question. Too, uh-huh. You mentioned that you were a... Youth director, uh, you know, right out of college, right? Essentially, mm-hmm. so was that? Uh, 
I mean, was that was that common in those days for for a woman to be hired to work with youth and, and under your youth and secretary? But was that a common thing? I, I, I don't know. That's what I'm, I'm wondering. Uh, well, I think probably it was, uh-huh. uh, and especially uh, in situations. Well, just to be quite honest, a lot of times there were more women available than there were men. Oh, yeah. Now we had preacher boys. Sure. But they weren't interested in being youth, director. youth directors and right. working with kids. Yeah. They were called as pastors, and that's where their focus was. Right. Uh, and I don't know that it ever occurred to me that I would be a youth director. Uh-huh. I think that's the way the Lord dealt with me. He just picked me up and put me in situations. Mm-hmm. And I suddenly would come to and realize the Lord's changing things. Yes. Yeah. Uh, I was conscious that it was the Lord's leadership, mm-hmm. but for me to put my finger on it and say, all right, Lord, I understand and you're calling me to this. Right. When I first encountered it, I didn't see it that way. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, it was an adventure to me. Uh-huh. But in order to cope and to learn how to deal with people, I had to learn to depend on him. Uh, God loved them far more than I did. Yes. Now, I was learning to love them mm-hmm. and uh, had some tremendous experiences yeah. uh, as a youth director, especially here in Shallow Water. This one probably matured me and prepared me for the journey that God had for me. Uh, I need to back up a little bit and talk about my time at Shallow Water. Yeah, you, so you were at Wayland finishing your degree, degree. that last class, and you were mm-hmm. serving as an RA, or resident assistant, resident right. supervisor. Mm-hmm. So then what happened? How'd you get to Shallow Water? Well, as I say, Ed came looking for a secretary and youth director uh-huh. when I, the first time that yeah. I came. The second time, uh, I had finished my work at Wayland, and I moved to Lubbock. Ed and Doris were living. Uh, he was a pastor at Shallow Water, by the way, when I came. Yeah. And uh, sort of adopted me. Yeah. I was an adopted daughter. Uh-huh. And they were living in Lubbock. And I stayed with them that summer while I hunted a job. Uh-huh. And I went to work uh, for White's Auto Store downtown. <laughs> Yes. That was an experience because I had to deal with a lot of political issues that I'd never dealt with before. Right. And while I was there, uh, a young man from Wayland was the music and youth director out at Shallow Water. Oh, okay. And he and I had been in, had taken organ classes together. Right. And he called me and asked me if I would come play the organ for them. Okay. Now, this is my second time to, okay. to, to Shallow Water right. uh, after Hawaii and Atlanta. Uh-huh. And so I came to play the organ for them, and they called me to be their organist. Okay. And uh, that's how I came back to Shallow Water. I continued to work for Dr. Jack Dunn who was a neurosurgeon in Lubbock, uh-huh. uh, and then moved to Shallow Water and joined the church here. And I've been here ever since. And Lord had plans for me. 
I ran into a couple of little girls, mm-hmm. Cheryl and Celeste. Cheryl was a kindergartner, and Celeste was the second grade, I believe, and uh, met their daddy. Uh-huh. Uh, and that's another story about he and his girls that is an amazing way that God directed things so we came together. Right. Well, three months later, Dalton and I married. Wow. And I made Shallowater my home permanently. Oh. I finished my degree and began teaching school. And uh, opportunity opened for me to be the yearbook and newspaper advisor. And I had never done this. I was editor of the paper at Wayland for right. a while. But to say I was a journalist, no. <laughs> but guess what? I learned to be a journalist. That's right. Yeah. And God used that opportunity for me to build some relationships mm. with young people. Uh, because we worked in a little bit different environments. Yeah. Uh, it was not a structured classroom, per se. Uh, and I learned a lot about dealing with people. Mm-hmm. And sometimes it was a hard lesson, yeah. but God was in it, and yeah. he had things that he wanted me to know. Yeah. And then I took on raising two girls. At the uh, same time. At like- the same time that I was doing this new venture. Right. And the oldest girl, uh, Celeste, she wasn't just real pleased with me Mm -hmm. because she had been in charge. Yes. Uh, She was a take-charge child, Uh and she took care of bossed her daddy, she bossed her grandparents, (laughs) she bossed her sister, (laughs) and she tried to boss me, and it didn't work. It didn't work, yeah. (laughs) And I, I questioned, I guess, probably that drove me, drove me to praying harder than I'd ever prayed in my life. Mm. Because to me, divorce was out of the question. Right. I had made a commitment, and I was in a mess with this young lady. Yeah. And one day, I don't remember now what she and I had tangled over, but I sat down and I talked with her, and I said, Celeste, I'm human, and I'm going to make mistakes. I'm going to fail you, but I want you to always, always remember God will never fail you. Uh Uh, When I'm more than you can handle, you go to God about it and let him handle it. Maybe he needs to correct me. Yes, yeah. But. You pray for me, mm-hmm. and I'll pray for you. Yeah. Well, we kind of tolerated each other yeah. after that. And she and, and Cheryl both made professions of faith. Dalton made a profession of faith. Wow, after so we he married. wasn't a Christian when you married and, uh, No, he had been in church some. Right. Uh, Miss Potter had always taken him to church. But he was not a Christian when we married. Yeah. And shortly thereafter, I'm trying to think, it was in a, a revival, I guess, that he his mother made a profession of faith and he made a profession of wow. faith. Yeah. So we became a Christian family. Mm-hmm. And things, I think, went as well as they could. Uh, we had our ups and our downs. Sure. But 
we had God in the center of it. Now, we struggled sometimes. Yeah. But we always came back to that faith because mm-hmm. that's all the hope there was yeah. in that situation. Well, when uh, I had my two children, Dina and Roy King, came along, uh-huh. and when Dina was a senior in high school, her daddy passed away. Oh. And uh, he was a mainstay in this community. I don't know how to describe what it was, but something about Dalton and his love for shallow water mm-hmm. protected us. Yeah. And this community took care of us. Yeah. When the Lord took Dalton home and we had his services, there were people standing outside the building. Wow. To come to the you you just I was just overwhelmed. Right. Uh, this man had touched lives that nobody knew anything about. Right. Yeah. Because he wasn't going around talking about it. You no. Know? He, just, he yeah. just lived it, uh-huh. and he loved this community with every ounce of his being. Mm. Uh, but he left me with two kiddos still at home right. to raise. Celeste was, uh, her husband was in the Navy, and okay. they were traveling. Sherilyn was living in Lubbock. Uh, she still was having some problems finding herself, uh-huh. but the Lord took care of them. Yeah. They both are Christian women today yeah, that's wonderful. and have done very well. Uh, Dina and Roy King, Dina did fine. Uh-huh. Uh, she uh Got along well with people. She was a good student. Uh, went to Highland or to uh, Hardin Simmons. Okay, yeah. got her degree there, uh-huh. and began working with a pharmaceutical firm, which okay. is what she does now. Uh-huh. Now, unfortunately, and and the Lord knows what He's doing. I have to remind myself of that. Neither of my children are tied to a church. They don't. Uh, they just don't attend. Right now, they're Christians, yeah. and they—I'm sure of their personal faith. Uh-huh. But I'm concerned uh, because they've strayed so. Yeah. But I know they're God's children. Right. And when the time's right, He'll bring them back. Mm-hmm. That's uh, true. And they're—they follow Christian principles. Mm-hmm. Dina, especially. Uh, is a very loving, kind, generous individual, mm-hmm. reaches out to people yeah. that you would never think about her reaching out to right. and making a difference in their lives. Mm-hmm. So I just have to trust the Lord. He knows what he's doing with them, yeah. and he knows where he needs them. I just, that, you know, that's a part of your story that I think is really awesome because you Right from the very beginning, you were placed in a position where you, you're in a blended family. And by the way, mm-hmm. there's there are people listening to our podcast who they're they're in a blended family, right? And, and are probably dealing with some of the same issues that you were dealing with, mm-hmm. right? This this is a family unit that's been operating for a while, right? And, and you're coming into it as a just as an outsider. You're kind of being mm-hmm. dropped into the middle of this family unit that had learned how to operate and survive, right? And uh, right, and that's difficult. So, uh, and so right from the outset, you really had to kind of put yourself in this position of surrender to the Lord. Exactly. Exactly. I couldn't have handled it Mm -hmm. had I not been 
and had my faith in the Lord seeing me through this. And I had made a commitment. Yes. I was there to stay. Uh It didn't make any difference what. Right. And fortunately, the girls and I have a good relationship. Mm -hmm. Uh, Celeste is, uh, in a sense, a missionary. She uh, works with Johnny Tata Yeah, Erickson. Johnny Erickson Tata. Yeah. Yes, I always get her name backwards. Yeah. Uh, in meal, wheels around the world. Yeah, that's so my brother-in-law at Hardin-Simmons, he's the head of the neuro, uh, he's the neuro professor and the head of the physical therapy department at oh. Hardin-Simmons. And he works very closely with that organization. They, uh, he goes to Johnny and Friends camp every year. And my, mm-hmm. actually my nephew, my nephew uh, it has a CP. And oh. so, uh, and so they take him to camp every year. But he's very closely connected. When, when Amy's sister passed away, uh, Johnny Erickson Tata wrote just wrote just a beautiful letter uh, before, as she was, you know, in the last that last lap of her life, you know, mm-hmm. uh, wrote a really sweet, encouraging letter to her that our family just you know has treasured. treasured. So, yeah. uh, so you know, so that 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 organization and that person is you know looms really large and. And and uh, their and their family and in our family for sure. So so she works for them. That's yes, awesome. she's in Thailand. Oh yeah. And, uh, they, uh, listen, Jake has been on a mission trip over there. I'm sure they've met each other. So probably probably have. Yeah. It's a really. Uh, she got to go to Cambodia with Johnny's husband. Yes. Uh, he was over there for our tour. Mm-hmm. And uh, of all of my children. I, that shows you what the Lord can take and do. Mm-hmm. I would never have thought of her being a world traveler. Right, yeah. But she is, and she loves it. Uh-huh. Uh, and it's all because she learned that God takes care of her. Right. That when things don't go like she wants them to go, she better listen mm-hmm. because God is, has a plan for her. Right. A tremendous opportunity for her and a tremendous witness yeah. uh, for her. And Sherilyn uh, is uh, a homemaker uh-huh. and doing well. She works with senior citizens. Oh, that's wonderful. And uh, seems to love what she's doing. Uh-huh. So God has taken care of those girls. Mm-hmm. Uh, we I could have very easily lost them. Uh, in fact, a psychiatrist told Dalton when he brought them back to Texas, he said because of their mother's situation uh, and because of the instability of their home, these girls could very easily be in trouble with the law. Mm. Uh, and fortunately, God surrounded them, yeah. and they didn't. They had opportunities. Sure. And there was some bitterness there sure. and some hurt. Uh, but God saw what was best for them. Mm-hmm. And I have to believe that well, and with you all were, my heart. Well, and you were a part of it. You were a part of how God was caring for them and protecting them during that time, which is, but you had to surrender to his will and all of that. That's right. And then when you had your own kids, you had, you have to surrender that to the Lord as, as, as well. And so I, that's I think that's just a great word for our parents who are listening. You know, we, 
we we you know we make mistakes and that's you, right which is what you said to to her you mm-hmm. said I, i'm going to fail you but the lord god will never fail you exactly and uh and boy if that's if that one lesson <laughs> if our kids can feel that we love them even though we're imperfect we mm-hmm. may be imperfect but we're but we love them and then if they can know you know if we can communicate to them the faithfulness of god and help them to establish themselves in the faithfulness of god then uh you know, that's I think that's what the Bible means when it says teach your children the way you know yes. and they won't depart from it when they're old. If we can if we can get that into their hearts, then that's what makes a difference in the long run. And they need to understand who they are. Right. Uh Dalton and I encountered Norman Grubb, uh-huh. who is a British theologian. Uh-huh. He married the daughter of C. T. Studd, okay, who was a missionary in Africa uh-huh. and he served there. And uh, he came to Lubbock, Texas, and we got to sit with and listen to him. And what he taught was that we as believers need to understand our freedom in Christ. Right. That we are who we are uh-huh. because God created us for a purpose. Right. Now, we have a choice. We can deny sure. that purpose, yeah. and life becomes very difficult. Mm-hmm. Or we can relax and be. I think about Abraham. When God called Abraham, he apparently didn't question. Right. And he didn't know much more about God than yeah. the people today do. That's There's, right. He was raised in a pagan mm-hmm. religion, Yeah, and God pulled him out of that. Right. And I I have a hard time sometimes getting across that God placed each one of us here for a specific purpose. Yeah. Now, we don't know what that purpose is. Right. Our responsibility is to accept His Son and become his instrument wherever he wants us. Yeah. And every day, uh, and the name just left me, but I heard a man say one time, when you put your feet on the floor, say to God, here I am, what are we going to do today? Yeah. Because God's Holy Spirit dwells within us, he lives there, and he gives direction. Right. And I believe with all my heart, when God places a name in my mind, that's a signal that I need to be praying for that individual. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, And sometimes it just happens spontaneously. Mm -hmm. And if we're busy, it's easy to just think, hmm, so right, yeah. I'm thinking about and not realizing that individual probably needs a word of encouragement mm-hmm. or mm-hmm. needs somebody to pray for them. Yeah. Uh, when we learn to live spontaneously yeah. and let the Spirit direct, not be afraid of the, the Spirit, Holy Spirit. Right, yeah. Uh, earnest... Uh, that was our associate pastor for a while. Oh yeah, he used so to say, awesome. "You white folks are afraid of the Holy Spirit." <laughs> that sounds exactly <laughs> like something Ernest would say. I love that guy. 
I do too. And he taught me a lot. Yeah. Uh, sweet, sweet spirit mm-hmm. in both of those people. But I think that's very, very true. And we need to understand the significance of the Holy Spirit Absolutely. in our lives, that mm-hmm. He's alive and well, right. and that our thought patterns, if we're in tune, He tells us and we know mm-hmm. when there's something that we need to be doing. Yeah, I really, I, I want to circle back to something you said, because I think there's a lot of truth in it, and and I, I just want to like highlight it, but... Mm-hmm. but you said that you know God has created us for a purpose. He's got a plan for us, mm-hmm. and but we have a choice, right? We can, we can, we can choose to deny that, uh, or and you said we can choose to relax into it. And yes. So, Dora, that's really profound. So I wanna I wanna just stop and talk about that for a second okay. because because uh, sometimes we approach the Christian life as something that's going to take all of this energy and this effort. So we've got to work really hard and try really hard to be this person that we believe we're supposed to be, you know, because, because that's what Christ God's called us to do, you know? So, so, uh, so we think of the Christian life as, as one that requires all this energy and effort from us. But what you said is actually the closer to the truth. Paul Mm -hmm. in Galatians 2 20, I no longer live. Right, but Christ lives in, in me. me. And the life I now live in the flesh, I live by faith in the one who loved me and who gave himself for me. So so there's this sense that when we are when we come to Christ, that we sur- our only job at that point is what you just described as like surrendering ourselves to the mm-hmm. Holy Spirit. When we surrender ourselves to the Holy Spirit, then Jesus Christ lives his life out through us. Yes. He lives Christian life. Through us, we don't. So, so that doesn't require energy and effort. In fact, it actually requires energy and effort for us to walk away from that. Yes, <laughs> exactly. That's a good way to put it. When when we're surrendered to Christ, He lives that life, mm-hmm. and and we just have to relax into that. We just have to lay down the reins and surrender, and allow the Lord God to you know to live His life out through us. So I, man, I think that was a beautiful way to put that. that. Well, and I think one of the things that we need to remember is that we self can still try to take over. Oh, all the there, time. Our humanity sometimes interferes. All the time. But God is always there mm-hmm. to redirect yeah. and, and take us back. Like Jesus loved Peter. Right. Peter denied him mm-hmm. uh, and could have destroyed his own life right. by following that. Mm-hmm. But Jesus took him back. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He never turned his back. And we need to remember that, Yeah, that God never turns his back on us. That's exactly right. We turn our backs on him. Mm-hmm. And but he's going to keep on and keep on and keep on yeah. until he gets us back where we belong. And then you learn to relax and just be who God has created you to be. Right. Doesn't mean you're going to be perfect. No. But it means you're going to accomplish what he put you here to accomplish. Mm. And it's fun. Yeah. And that's the freedom, right, that Paul's talking about. This, yeah. The freedom that we have in Christ is that when when we just, when we lay ourselves down before the Lord 
And when we surrender ourselves to Jesus, he, he does this beautiful, amazing thing in and through us, you know? Right, so, right. And it does. It takes, you know, sometimes we pick the reins back up, try to take control oh, of our boy. own lives. Yeah, and it take, ever. that takes effort and energy, right, for us to mm-hmm. pick those reins back up. But the good news is what you just said. Yeah, it takes effort and energy for us to pick the reins back up and to, and to walk away from Jesus. But Jesus is constantly expending all of his energy, effort, and power in pursuing us with his love. Yes, yes. And, which I think is just mind-boggling. I can't, I can't get over that. Uh, well, it's hard for me to grasp, and I, uh, I have read a lot of authors, not just Norman Grubb, but, mm-hmm. sure. yeah, and he was hard for me to understand. <laughs> uh, he was a genius yeah. and a Britisher uh-huh. on top of that. Right. But hang in there. Mm-hmm. Because God draws us back when we, and Satan is alive and well, yeah. and he's going to pull at believers because we are interfering mm-hmm. with what his ultimate plan is. Right, right. And we've got to believe that God will interfere. Yeah. And I think that's what a lot of it is just accepting the fact. Yes, I'm going to stumble, and I'm going to make mistakes. Yeah, but I belong to Him. His Son paid the price for me. Right, He's not going to let me go. I heard one of my Sunday school ladies say one time, she and her dad was of of a different faith, uh-huh. and uh, she said we would get into. She said, "I'm not going to say arguments." discussions right. <laughs> about the word and she said finally i said to my daddy one day daddy god's got me right here in his hand yeah. and he has closed over that and there's nothing can take me away right because he's right there mm-hmm. and i've thought of that so many times uh christians get things don't go well for them yeah. And they think, God's forsaken me. Uh-huh, God doesn't uh-huh. want me anymore. Right. That's not true. You're right there in the palm of his hand. Yeah. And he's covered you over. Mm. Uh, you can see so many through the years, people that you don't even realize at the moment they're making an influence on you. Yeah, yeah. And years later, you can look back and say, Aha! Right, that's where that came from. Look what the Lord did. Yeah, look what He did. You so you, uh, you know, there's a, th- this. I, I tell people all the time, f- uh, faith. When I think mm-hmm. about faith, uh, for me, as I've studied Scripture, faith is essentially two things. Right, it's humility and it's mm-hmm. surrender. Mm-hmm. It's humility in the sense that we have to be able to say. I mean, I can't do this on my own. Exactly. You know, I, I'm a broken, sinful person. I, I'm actually in need of forgiveness. Mm-hmm. You know, it's humility. And then it's surrender. It's giving myself over to, to Christ, my life, my desires, my everything over right. to Christ. You take this. I want what you want for me, not what, what I want for myself. You know, and that's what faith is. And, uh, and so, but here's the thing, there are folks out there who are listening right now and, uh, and for whatever, what, I don't know what, what's going on in their life, but, um, but maybe, maybe it's a situation with their children, 
right? Mm-hmm. Or, or maybe it's a situation with their spouse, or maybe it's a situation professionally that they find themselves in. Um, but they're kind of at their wits end about it. They don't know, and it's and they're at the point of maybe despair. Mm-hmm. You know? And so I just I just want to remind you if that's where you are today, I want to remind you of, of Dora's words. You know, uh, when, when she was talking to her her stepdaughter, I I may fail you, but the Lord God will never fail you. He's and, always always there. And you had and and that moment, right? You were surrender. You had to surrender those girls to the Lord. You had to surrender mm-hmm. yourself as a parent to the Lord. And if we can, in those moments. If we can surrender ourselves to the Lord, the Holy Spirit is faithful to fill us and to strengthen us and to empower us and to enable us to do what He's called mm-hmm. us to do. And that's a great word of encouragement for us today. That really, really yeah. is. Well, and we need to remember we're going to make mistakes. Oh, yeah. We're human. Yeah. And yeah. we're going to make mistakes. But God can take those mistakes oh, yeah. and use them he as can, a lesson somewhere. He can do beautiful and, things. Oh, yeah. if we'll just let him mm-hmm. and not carry guilt. Mm-hmm. I'm afraid sometimes Christians carry such guilt yeah. that they can't enjoy, mm-hmm. can't understand the joy that there is in just relaxing and letting go and right. letting God. Yeah. Uh, there's a song that we used to sing, let go and let God have his wonderful way. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and I love it. I can't remember all the words to uh-huh. it, in, but a lot of days I catch myself singing that. Mm. Let go and let God have his wonderful way. Boy, that's a great word of truth for yeah. us today, Dora. That. Yeah, and I, that such a that such a, an, an important and encouraging thing for us to remember. You know, we we'll wear ourselves out yes. trying to live this Christian life. But but if we're if we're trying to live it by our energy and by our effort, then what we're living is actually the opposite of the Christian life. Right. <laughs> because it is. Christian the Christian life is one that is surrendered to the Lord Jesus. Mm-hmm. Uh, one that it, where we're allowing Jesus and the Holy Spirit to live that life out through us. Right. And, and so if somebody needs that encouragement today, right? Let go and let the Lord have his wonderful way. That's so right. uh and 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 sometimes he takes us, you know, to the point where we have no other choice but to do that, right? Because we exactly. need to learn. That. So uh but if you're out there today and, and you find yourself discouraged and uh and and dealing with something that's difficult or painful or maybe even feels like it's insurmountable, um it's good to talk to, to Dora as a person, you know, who in her life has run up against several of those times, mm-hmm. right? Where I don't know how I'm going to get through this. I don't know how, I don't know what the way forward is. Exactly. And we just have to, we just have to say, and same with me. I've been there a, b- a bunch of times in my own life. And we just have to say to the Lord, oh Lord, this is, this is, I give this to you. You know, right. I trust you. You are good. <laughs> you are chasing me down with your love. I surrender to you. Ooh, I like that. Yeah. Chasing me down. And sometimes he has to chase Mm -hmm. me down because I'm human. Mm -hmm. I want to pick it up and do it my way. Right, right. And my way is not always God's way. Mm -hmm. When I was growing up, I loved the Chronicles of Narnia. Mm -hmm. And I I just loved reading those. I thought they were great, you know. But 
the picture of Jesus in the Chronicles of Narnia is the lion, right? Aslan, mm-hmm. the lion. And, uh, and of course, that's how he's referenced in Scripture, too, is the lion. But, uh, but sometimes I think of the love of, of Christ as the lion, you know? And oh. maybe I'm the gazelle, and I'm like sprinting away, and, but, but the love of Christ is chasing me, like right. tracking me, like, like a lion tracks its prey. Only when he captures me, it's not to bring death to me, it's to bring life to life. me and resurrection yes. to me. And, uh, and that's what the love of God is doing for all mm-hmm. of us. Is he is pursuing us. He's chasing us. If you're listening today, the, lo- the love of the Lord God is chasing you, bounding after you, you know. And, uh, and, and what we've got to do, what we have to learn to do, we don't have to, we don't have to find our way to God. We just actually have to stop and turn around. Be still. (laughs) Be still. Let him listen. Right. Yes. Because he's coming for us. So let him come. You know, uh, let go and let the Lord have his wonderful way. And stand firm Mm -hmm. in your faith. Yeah. Right. Which you can do when you're relaxed, right? When yes. You, when you understand that you belong to the Lord, that He's living His life out through you, that we can't mess this up, you know? God right. is, if we're surrendered to the Lord, He's going to do it. When we understand that, then it's, it's so much simpler to stand. It's such a peace and contentment mm-hmm. when you understand that God's in control. Right, right, right. Whatever right. comes your yeah. way, God is in control. Stop and listen. Mm-hmm. And then act, right? Because he'll act through you. He will. God is in control, and he's good, and he loves us, right? Man. All right. Well, gosh, Dora, there we're gonna we're gonna have to do this again uh, in the future and talk some more because there's so much more of your story that I would love to hear. Uh, that though, I really feel like that's the word that the Lord has for us today. That's mm-hmm. so good, and uh, I'm so glad that we got to have this conversation. So we'll. We'll talk again in the future and talk some more about what the Sounds Lord's good. taught you. But uh, thank you so much for just, I've, since I've been at First Shallow Water, you know, there's some folks that I've had the privilege to meet, you know, that, um, that you know, I just really respect the wisdom of the, of the, of the Lord at work you know, mm-hmm. in them. And, uh, and one of my favorite people that I've met since I've been to this church is you. I'm so oh, grateful bless for your you. Heart. That's it. I'm so grateful for you. I'm so grateful for your wisdom and your compassion and your example of godliness to me uh, just in the years since I've been pastor here. And there are people, hundreds, thousands of people who have been associated with this church who have that same story that I have over the course mm-hmm. of decades with you. And um, and so that influence that you've had is just so beautiful to observe, you know, as a mm-hmm. as pastor. So... I'm very grateful for you, and I'm grateful we got to spend this time together. Well, thank you, and I've enjoyed it. I love the Lord, and I'm so in awe of what he's taken and done Mm. with this little gal with the hayseed in her hair. (laughs) The hayseed in her hair. That's awesome. (laughs) Every time I see you from now, I'm going to think of that. You'll think of hayseed in my hair. (laughs) That's right. That's good. Well, thanks again, Dora. I appreciate Uh you. I appreciate you joining the podcast. Thank you so much. Well, thank you. Have a good day. Thanks for tuning in to First Things First. We want to invite you to join us for worship this Sunday at First Shallow Water. You can find us at 703 Avenue J in Shallow Water, Texas. Our Sunday morning service starts at 1030 a.m. 
Click on the link in the description of this episode for more information about our church, or if you'd just like to reach out to us, check out the previous episodes of this podcast. Make sure you do that. We really have had the privilege of hearing some amazing stories. And make sure you check back each week for a new episode. Until then, we'll see you around town.